855-450-3733. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Wednesday edition with Mark. Dennis. And Wayne. That's right. We've got Dennis Goddard from, uh, well, where? New Free State Project, NHLA fame? Uh, New Hampshire Capital Access, NHCAPTV.com. Absolutely uninteresting unless you really want to get in detail on New Hampshire politics. That's it, it, Absolutely. You do have the, the inside track about New Hampshire politics, and I, um, you know, it's, it's valuable things to know if you're a free stater. And so, I'm from my mother. What's that? I'm from my mother. <laughs> Aren't we all? So, 855-450-3733. You can call into Free Talk Live, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. It is a show about your calls. And uh, it's an interactive program, also an interactive website. You can go to freetalklive.com. You can link to stories or uh, to blog posts, whatever makes you happy. Folks will vote it up, vote it down. You can do the same. It's freetalklive.com. Dennis, we uh, you brought in some show prep for us, and I think that uh, that's awesome that you're you're gracing us with your presence and bringing things in. And you know, the um, when Wayne's on, we often do a lot of the financial talk here on Free Talk Live because I'm interested in it. I'm just not as good as other folks. So, what do you got? Yeah, Dennis has got a, a story on the economic situation. Correct, Dennis? I've been watching this economic situation for the past two years, kind of like you watch a storm roll in, and mm-hmm. it's so fun when you're prepared and you're, you know, in a nice sheltered place, and you can watch the thunderstorm roll in and go, "Wow, this is violent. This is awesome." It's it's not so great if you're not protected yet, and no. for the millions of Americans who are not. So the Federal Reserve here, here's the headline from CNBC.com: Fed's Operation Twist gets mixed reviews in markets. If that isn't the understatement of the uh, <laughs> of the century. I don't know what it is. While the stock market was less than impressed with the central bank's latest stimulus plan, the bond market was all for it. And why not? Uh, sure, the bond market is getting bought up. Yeah, the bond mm-hmm. market's getting free money. They the love long-term that. debt. Yes, the Fed announced it would direct $400 billion from the sale of treasuries of three years and less in duration and invest it in those with maturities of six to 30 years. Probably now, 30 who, who on earth is buying 30-year U.S. bonds? The answer is nobody. Nobody's <laughs> buying, buying them from bonds. themselves. <laughs> exactly. Uh, China? Uh, are they still buying them? No, no, not at those kind of rates. So over no. the last about 10, 15 years, the, it's, it's almost like America is on an arm, you know, an adjustable rate mortgage. Yeah. The, the duration of our bonds that we're able to sell are less and less in the markets. And so the frequency with which we have to go to the well and get some more money keeps becoming more and more frequent, which means we get more and more exposed to interest rate risk. That's exactly what happened to Greece. You've heard Mm -hmm. of Greece? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I hear the United States has more uh, exposure, actually, per capita than Greece does. Oh, yeah, we're too big to bail. It's a beautiful thing. It says here, the total was about $100 more than expected, and an indication that the twist, which seeks to lower lower uh, long-term borrowing costs by compressing the yield curve for government debt was on in a big way. Compressing the yield curve. Does that make you sound comfortable? I mean, it doesn't sound like we're going to increase production, uh, make more quality products, do a better job, uh, provide service for our customers. It doesn't sound like any of those things. How about getting it sounds out- like voodoo. Well, how about <laughs> just getting out of the way and allowing entrepreneurs to produce where entrepreneurs know what the rules are and they know what the future is going to be, they know what the taxes are going to be like, what the regulations are going to be like five or ten years down the road so that they're willing to invest in a plant or some equipment. Because they'd have to cut their spending by at least 43% in order 
to uh, st- to stick within what they're uh, you know bringing in. The government would have to cut their you know I mean forty three percent. Imagine for a second you had to cut your income by forty three percent. It's have. almost impossible to do. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Well, it's 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 <laughs> tough, especially when uh, you know you're you're talking about the government out there. They believe that it's you know the world's full of free money. So here's a key line. Quote, this is about as aggressive as you can be without actually expanding the balance sheet, said Kevin Ferry, president of uh, Cronus Futures Management in Chicago. As aggressive as they can be, meaning this is as free money as they can get without actually saying we're doing QE3. And they're getting so much heck from the world market because all over the international media, they're, they're talking about the fact that the Fed's free money policy is increasing the cost you know is increasing inflation pressures all over the world you know china their minister of finance just a few months ago had this quote he said that the united states is attacking us with exported inflation when huh. a diplomat mm-hmm. uses words like they're attacking us this is serious and this is now yes. nearly a year ago they've had it we can't do qe3 because they'll they'll tell you you know what you owe us a lot of money boy and it's start, mm-hmm. time to start paying up well when you owe that much money it becomes their problem if, you know, if if if, uh, yes. if if I owe you ten dollars, it's my problem. But if I owe you a million dollars, it's your problem. Yeah, I, it, this is absolutely what's happening, and it, it makes you wonder what it, what can China do about it? What is China going to do about it? What kind of um, emotions does that that elicit among China's quote unquote ruling elite about the United States? Is it good for the ruling elite of China to feel that way about the United States? And you know, what is going to happen to us, the little people, as a result? of the spending uh, mania that has gone on in our government over the past uh, three or four decades. Skyrocketing prices of necessities. The the toys are going to be cheap. If you want to go out and buy a jet ski or a boat, people are giving those away to get money for the necessities. So the price of food and fuel and things that you need to survive are going to skyrocket. And everything else is going to fall, even in real estate. There's no, why would somebody buy a house? Talking about China, one thing that we know is that the Chinese leadership, the one thing they are really concerned about is that there is not unrest in that massive, giant well of people that are still sort of the agrarian, agricultural Mm -hmm. underclass in China. And nothing will piss them off more than if their food gets expensive because of, well, which is exactly what's happening right now. And so Mm -hmm. they will do anything they need to, including saying, you know what, the dollars aren't working out. They've already done bilateral deals with Russia. Russia and China now no longer use dollars and their international trade amongst one another. This is a break. Before you go on, this is an extraordinarily important piece of information for the average American. The average American, um, you know, just they 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 believe the dollars are fine and everything's going great. It used to be the United States currency, the dollar, was the world's reserve currency. But now two of the largest countries in the world, China and Russia, are doing business and they're not doing it in dollars, whereas three or four years ago they would have. And the reason that that is happening, people, is because the people that you have elected up to this point have squandered, have lied to you and squandered everything that uh, that, that that your children and grandchildren are to, to um, inherit. And and it's your freaking fault. That's right. Every single time you go to the, bo- the the poll and you've been voting Democrat and Republican again and again, hey, folks, we've been doing this for more than 200 years. It isn't working. And you, you'd vote for the same old, same old, well, should I pick Rick Perry or 
Mitt Romney. Well, you, who cares? It's the same guy doing the same crap. Well, it's a government by the banks for the banks. And so these people at this point are puppets, as far as I'm concerned. And many people are saying this publicly now. But, you know, Dennis, you said something really interesting before about what China was saying, that they were saying that they were being attacked by America exporting their inflation. That's exactly what's happening. And, you know, people in this country always complain about us being attacked by chi- cheap Chinese goods, but they don't realize that the, the reason why they are is that there's been a policy in this government for at least 20 years now to start uh, deindustrializing and moving the, the uh, production over in China so they could export inflation. And so they, they did a very masterful job of exporting inflation for several decades by doing this, but now it's, it's, right. it's, uh, it's, it's like, all blowing up. It's like kiting checks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is a crime that you do where you, you take uh, checks, you write it from one bank to the next bank to the next bank in order to uh, sort of keep the money flowing from uh, bank to bank to bank. It works for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the cops come and take you away. <laughs> and now, admittedly, the United States government, there isn't a cop big enough. You just have to deal with the consequences. And this is the consequences. You can't keep doing the same kind of criminal accounting and expect it to work. It's you know, just like a farmer, by the way, a farmer who eats a seed corn. Well, our seed corn in this country is our industry, you know, our know-how to, to manufacture things, high-tech uh, goods. And if we give all that up and we give it away to other countries for a couple billion here or there, then what do we have left? All have the no- ships leave our shores filled with nothing but air and printed dollars, and all the ships come to us filled with inexpensive, ever-increasing quality goods. The time has come for that to end, and it's got the financial word freaked the heck out. Indeed. There you go. Uh, does somebody out there think that it's important to have a fiat currency still so that we can have elasticity in the market? Because I think we've stretched it all out. Ooh, boy. It snapped in our face. 855-450-3733. Please tell me the bright side. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can go to Free Talk Live. We've got archives there for you. Archives going back until two thousand and six. That's five years worth of archives for free at archives.freetalklive.com. Use them when you're mowing the lawn, working out, commuting to the job, whatever. Archives.freetalklive.com. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice? Yes. And then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts, and it costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And the 40 CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. 
visit jurisdictionary.com and you can download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flow chart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters, use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, and buy the course. You don't have to wait for the course to be delivered to you. You can get instant access online in addition to the four CD uh, package. It's jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use the pull-down menu when you check out. Let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live, jurisdictionary.com. So, Dennis, bright and sunny days around the corner for the United States. It is for those people who are properly invested and they don't have their money in the United States. (laughs) Let's Hmm. give them the bad news first, and then we'll tell them how to to take care of that. Okay, so wrapping this up from CNBC.com about the Federal Reserve's Operation Operation Twist. It says, in brief, the market quickly tried to front-run the Fed's operations, which will take place between now and June 2012. Front-run doesn't sound good. No. No. Uh, For those looking to the Fed to conduct an actual quantitative easing operation in which, uh, it was said, the central bank tries to stimulate the economy by electronically printing money. The news was disappointing. Uh, when the news came out Wednesday afternoon confirming that there would be no balance sheet expansion, the stock market sold off at first fairly aggressively. The big takeaway for us is, quote, in the struggle to pass meaningful monetary policy actions that would stimulate the economy, Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke failed, Jason Chenecker, president of the Prestige Economics in Austin, Texas, said in a note, there is no QE3. These people are really upset that there's no QE3. Right. The we wanted you to print more money. Yes, we want a new financial bubble to invest in. We demand it. <laughs> and our creditors who have their necks on our throats are saying that that's really just not acceptable anymore. So mm-hmm. we're in a we're in quite a funny place. So they're going to try to they're going to try to do it by lying. So the musical chairs game, the music is stopping. Yeah. But they're they're selling their CDs in hopes of uh, of 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 uh, you know having enough bread to eat for the next week is essentially what's going on and that you know not so good. And of course, the only thing that's really saving us right now is Europe. The fact that all eyes are on Europe as mm-hmm. Europe crashes that's sort of like taking everyone's attention off of the United States. And a lot of the European diplomats and a lot of the European policymakers are saying, "Well, look." The United States fundamentals are worse than ours. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's the problem? But in all fairness, even though the euro has fallen against the dollar and the dollar is a little bit stronger than usual, it, it's still uh, – the, the euro is still stronger. And they're doing the right things. Well, they're at least taking austerity measures. They're cutting back. Their creditors are starting the process of talking about, hey, maybe we have to default and do this honestly now. In the U.S., we're still plugging along full steam ahead. Yeah, we're there's saying, no conversation hey. at all like that going on. But, but – yeah, you know what? The, the thing that worries me, though, about Europe is that really, uh, as, as Europe implodes further, they're, they're trying, you're already seeing them try the EU uh, uh, control freaks. We're already saying, see, we need more control. We need more central control of everything political. We need to be able to tax all of you people in Europe. And that's the exact opposite thing they should be doing. They should be decentralizing again instead of trying to centralize. And that's where the real battle is going to be. Well, the fact that Greece is defaulting leads me to believe that it's, it's going to be so unpopular to give up the national sovereignty, to enter into the fiscal union, which means the one government of Europe. It's just not going to happen. People have a bad taste in their mouths. Yeah. This European experiment is going to be a wonderful learning experience mm-hmm. for the people of Europe. Well, there are those who say that the whole EU thing is really just um, kind of like the Fourth Reich in a sense. Uh, it's, a, it's a financial or economic Fourth Reich. So they're trying to take all over all of Europe financially rather than militarily like Hitler did, tried. It's great news for us here in the United States because it means that it's just going to be a sour taste in the mouths of people who otherwise might be able to precipitate some kind of North American Union sort of one currency between us and our what will soon be our wealthy neighbors to the north and the south, particularly mm-hmm. to the north. Canada's awesome. They have mining. They have natural resources. They have Oil. relatively liberal, meaning free uh, economic circumstances, unlike their, their socialist neighbors to the south. 
Well, and and they have the uh, the the advantage. No, socialist, more like fascist. The United mm-hmm. States, I, thank you, fascist. Really, um, creates has essentially created the military for the Western world. Um, you know, the Western nations have these small militaries that, uh, comparative to their their spending, is, are nothing compared to the United States military. And essentially, if there's a problem around the world, they send the United States to go go fix that for us. And therefore, they can dump their money into silly programs like socialized medicine and stuff like that. So. I mean, which, you know, they're bottomless pits of spending. And you see the rest of the uh, of the world, including piece, uh, piece of the world that have socialized medicine, backing away from it and seeing some savings and seeing some austerity. And, you know, austerity is in everyone's lips except the United States where we can't even cut a few percent off of our projected increase without – it literally right. being an act of Congress that virtually didn't pass and, and basically telling all of all of our lenders, look, we can't even figure out how to get our house in order enough to figure out how to pay you more later. So, Dennis, you know, we, we've probably you've probably heard this before, too. And I've heard many people say this, that even if they taxed everyone in the Western world at 100 percent, they still can't pay off all the debts that their government has run up in their name. So what's really going to uh, uh, need to happen really is a worldwide bankruptcy, a clearing of all the debt. That's the only way to fix this problem, but the banks don't want to let go of all right. that. And there haven't been, hasn't been a world war, essentially, to do this, because this is how this used to work in the past, is, you know, they'd go in, they'd blow everything up, and then they'd just clear the debt and start all over again. Well, so, I but, mean, they, but they redraw a lot of uh, national borders. Look what happened after World War One and World War II. Uh, all these, these countries, like right. Iraq, which I'm was I'm talking about several. the individuals, though. I mean, the people of East Germany, they essentially owned their property. Um, I mean, you know, how, how would you have even known that that was their property? Somebody he had to say, oh, yeah, that was theirs. But if the people, if the family got killed or something like that, he just went in and took it. You got to bear yeah, in mind, this true. is not worldwide. The, the saving countries, the, what are soon to be the rich countries, i.e. The, what we think of as the developing world, they're going to be okay. They're going to enter a, a period of unparalleled uh, growth. It's going to mm-hmm. be wonderful for just these like, people. Yeah, just like the United States after World War II, most of Europe was destroyed. So America's uh, um, industrial um, base ramped up from military to consumer goods in the 50s. And we had, a, we had a, about 20 years of massive prosperity until right. Japan, uh, Asia, and Europe caught back up again and rebuilt their countries right. and their industrial base. This is the claim that war creates prosperity, and World War II really cements that in people's minds, because first there was the Great Depression, then there was World War II, and then things were good financially. That must mean, ergo, quid pro quo, or whatever, um, <laughs> that, uh, that, that if you have a war, that it is good for the economy. Well, if you kill your competition, Wrong. it's good for your economy. That's what, that's what <laughs> happened. The competition blew each other to kingdom come, <laughs> and therefore the only place to buy washing machines and cars and all the other things that were going on for five or ten years was the United States. But that's a zero-sum game, as you fellas know. Sure. And, and I'm more interested, and I'm sure you are too, of, of a win-win situation where everybody can, can prosper. And, and, you know, there's a difference between wealth and prosperity in my eyes, because you can prosper without being a billionaire. You can be very prosperous just being an upper middle class or middle class person with real money that buys something. Right. And that's what I want to talk about when we get back is, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a couple of segments here of uh, everything stinks in the world. And people need to know what they can do about it. And um, I'd, I'd to like to swim. See- <laughs> free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. 
take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the single toll free call in line. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Live Wednesday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark, Dennis, and Wayne. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know they're not that good for your health. They could even kill you. Here's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month just all over the board switching to e-cigarettes. Now, many people have tried e-cigarettes, decided I don't like them because they experienced one that was chintzy, you know, chintzy one made poorly. Vaporsmiths.com has one of the best made vaporizers on the market today. It has a large vaporizer so that you can get a much bigger hit and draw it's called draw draw to pull whatever the term is pull, yeah pull <laughs> I, you know I, i've heard it called a hit off a cigarette but you know whatever <laughs> so you know already you're you know you've got you don't have to deal with the smell or the the secondhand smoke or smoke at all you can do it indoors in most places there's free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit if you purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. So we really have no excuse at this point. For $69.99, you purchase 40 cartomizers, you get a free starter kit, you get free shipping. I mean, what is this? A, a, a carton and a half of cigarettes? I mean, come on. You can start you can start living a better, healthier life and spending far less money on your nicotine habit by just calling 855-2-GET-VAPOR or going to vaporsmiths.com. 855-2-GET-VAPOR, vaporsmiths.com. I'm waiting for them to come out with E. Mary Jane. Oh God, I think it's out there. <laughs> it's got to be, right? So, Dennis, the the bad news of the world financial situation. Most people just kind of listen to it as entertainment on the radio. They don't they don't think it's going to really affect them, but it is. We've already discussed that. Um, what can people do to protect themselves? I mean, we, on Free Talk Live, we talk about buying gold and silver, and these are easy solutions, um, no doubt. But and, 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 you know, if you want to buy gold and silver, please do so. Check the prices at gold.freetalklive.com. Not only are you uh, probably getting some of the best prices of gold and silver on the Internet, but you're going to be helping Free Talk Live in the process. So um, that way we can continue to broadcast through this dismal economic period that is coming on. What else can one do? So my super awesome wife, Irina, she introduced me to this she whole She is con- super and awesome. She is both super and awesome. And it really helps my home life when I talk about that on the radio. <laughs> She's listening. Yes. Is um, she listening? I have no idea, but I'll oh, make her listen. Former president of the Free State Project. Yes, and awesome. Um, a couple of years ago, she came across a book just browsing through the now defunct creature called Borders, and it was a book by Mike Maloney called Investing in Gold and Silver. She mm-hmm. thought it looked interesting. She picked it up. She read it. I read it. Oh, my God. Our, our life just kind of changed at that moment, and from since then, I've been reading all kinds of stuff. Your, your Peter Schiff stuff. Uh, I, I just got turned on to Casey Research. Um, there's so much great information out there, and the long and short of it that, that I kind of come up with is that countries that save a lot will have currency that's worth more. 
Countries that print a lot and spend a lot will have countries that's worth less. Currency that's worth less, mm-hmm. yep. And so, you know, the smart thing to do, you know, with, with gold and silver, what you're ultimately doing is protecting your buying power and in some ways kind of speculating. You're speculating that the United States dollar is going to have a, a really hard time of it and that there's going to be a lot of uh, volatility and horrible things in the world. And yeah, by all means. And, you know, silver is something that everybody can afford. Anybody can put away enough dollars a month to get a couple of silver coins a month. And, and so that's a great thing. Right. I mean, an ounce of silver at this point is about $40. And if you put a little premium for shipping and all that other stuff, you'll probably $50 or something like that. I mean, the average – I'm not saying that's the best way to buy. I think the best way to buy is probably going to gold.freetalklive.com and purchasing 20 uh, silver pieces. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, then your shipping cost is spread amongst more coins. Yes. Um, that way you're, you know, you're handling it. But, you know, hey, you've got you've to put something away. And, you know – Important things for people to know are, number one, bonds are toxic. They're a horrible thing because bonds are a promise to pay you a certain amount of dollars in the future. And, mm-hmm. and guess what? Dollars going worthless means yeah. bonds are worth nothing. They're devaluing at a rate. Yeah. that They're lying about the inflation rate um, in general. Uh, the, the, I've, I've heard the shadow inflation rate is uh, somewhere between 9 and 13 percent. That's right. Frightening. That means that uh, you know next year your dollar is going to be worth nine-tenths of what it was uh, this year. And we, we go through spurts where maybe a two- or three-month period where they create so much money that the annualized rate is much higher than that, but then they'll shut the spigot off for a couple months, and but it still ends up by the end of the year being well over what they report. But during periods of inflation like this, they usually refer to bonds as certificates of confiscation because you're really losing. Because you're, look, look at the interest rate on a, on a three-year bond right now. It's ridiculous. There's no way you're going to get your, your buying power back from that. That's right. You know that you're losing money, and it's just you, you pray that you're only losing a certain amount and, and not more. But you, know, you, you can't judge when the big bubble is going to pop. You don't know exactly when dollars are suddenly going to become everyone's least favorite friend. So I'm, I'm totally bought into the notion, the sort of Peter Schiff notion, if you will, that uh, the places to invest are gold miners, silver miners, and just commodities in general. Um, basically, Companies that are in emerging markets, so-called emerging markets, what I call saving markets, markets where they actually have savings like Brazil and Australia and China and you know the entire Pacific Rim. I've been hearing bad things about China too, though. I mean, like that they're in a they're certainly in a building bubble. Well, here's here's mm-hmm. the way I look at China. You know, you can have a guy that uses cocaine and has got say a three hundred dollar a week cocaine habit, but makes you know a quarter million dollars a year. Cocaine's really bad for your body, and he's wasting money, but. He's going to be okay. And then you can have a guy who is maybe making $10 million a year, but his favorite sport is jumping in front of cars while he's drunk, okay? <laughs> you, you know, so if the United States is that guy who's got the $10 million, but his, his favorite sport is jumping in front of barreling trucks and he can't even you know, speak properly, you know, China, yes, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some adjustments. They're never going to be as wealthy as they could be, but they're already arguably – a more capitalist society in many ways. It's much easier for a small-time entrepreneur to start selling sandwiches out of their house yeah. and just mm-hmm. collecting a little money. Right. They don't hassle you up, up to a certain level. And as a matter of fact, they really don't hassle Chinese businesses very much either. They only it's hassle really the you foreign if, businesses yeah. that they're after. Yeah, in China, they say that they only really hassle you if you criticize the government. It's, it's a scary thing. It's, it's scary for me to be completely convinced that the next 50 years are going to be owned by a horrible authoritarian government because they're going to have all the money in the world but you know what that's the deal that's where well, we're at and and that's what that's what americans i mean because because people want to blame it on the government and i do blame it on the government 
because I individually don't have much control over it. But many people want to blame this on the government. But frankly, this is this is the these are the results of Americans turning over what they had as far as their sovereignty to political figures. They you know vote in these same people over and over again. Mm-hmm. They let the government grow, 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 and uh, you know I. I, I've, I've got to say that this is the chickens coming home to roost. Yes, now there's going to be a fascist, or excuse me, a socialist, tyrannical nation running the world, and this is what the United States was all worried about. And it probably won't go down without a fight, by the way. And by a fight, I mean some kind of terrible battle against this this uh, socialist nation. And, and I don't know. I mean, this is just this is just seems like the inevitability to me. And the average person just needs to stay out of these people's way. Well, this country has got the savior complex where every four years we have a new presidential election and, and a certain percentage of Americans think their guy is the new savior. And then four, eight years later, there's another guy who's the new savior. And it's just like um, having two pimps on the corner and having a prostitute going... First uh, we had a cocaine analogy, now we got a pimp analogy. Yeah, Go that's, ahead. That's because yeah. it's libertarian, baby. That's right. And and so it's just a matter of, of how you want your eyes blackened, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Is this the economic pimp slap? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> so, uh, Dennis, the suggestions you have here are gold miners, silver miners, um, uh, buy bullion, if you uh, don't know anything about that. Is that basically uh, where you're suggesting to go? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I, like I have a, a 401k plan with my employer, and that's great. It's before taxes, this and that. And I didn't have a lot of choices, but what I was able to do was take everything and put it in their emerging markets fund. Mm-hmm. So That's what things I like that is simple things that anyone can do. Um, yeah. Now, a lot of people say, well, gold miners, silver miners, those sound great. What does that practically mean uh, for a person? What, what would they do? Go to Ameritrade or E-Trade or something like that, open an account and buy? Sure. And, and you know, I, I'm not sure I want to give like financial advice on the radio, but, you know, do a little research and there are good firms that you can go to. And, you know, can you say what you've bought? I've Yes, I've, I've bought GDX, I, which is a, a, a gold miners ETF. I've bought some highly speculative lead, leverage stuff because I don't think it's speculative. I know the dollar is going to crash. Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com lc9. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call in, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. We've got uh, Dennis Goddard here from uh, New Hampshire Liberty NHCAPTV.com. NHCAPTV.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI is a big supporter of Free Talk Live. Uh, their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page. 
Now, Dennis, you also um, apparently there's some kind of uh, action being taken against the governor here in New Hampshire, and I'm kind of interested here in what's going on. Okay, there, there's a state representative named Steve Valencourt in New Hampshire who, you know, the first time I ever went to the New Hampshire State House and observed what was going going on in the big voting gallery and stuff, there's this one guy that got up and gave this speech about the evils of straight ticket voting and how it was going to bring about the demise of Western civilization, that these people come <laughs> in and they just vote the R, they vote the D, and it's, you know, it's, it's horrible and evil, and he was going on and really really going off and I thought, wow, this guy's serious. It turns out that he is a very outspoken member of the legislature. Um, and How he long ha- has he been uh, a member there? I, it's, it's been more than a dozen years. I know that he has won re-election as a Republican, as a Democrat, and as a Libertarian. Oh, so. my. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I think New Hampshire's the only state that's ever had a Libertarian legislator, legislature elected. I, I know that there have been at least two individuals who have one state rep uh, with an L by their name in New Hampshire. Yes. And that it's virtually impossible to do so. And both of them say, never even try that because you won't win because of things like straight ticket voting, which I don't mm-hmm. believe we have anymore in New Hampshire, thanks to certain efforts. Well, by that, you mean you can't just click a box that says R or click a box. Yeah, you have to go on each person D, and say, I, I want ch- this one. Check I it, I should one. say. That's good. So we, uh, we had a great legislative victory, one of many in the state of New Hampshire recently. In which it was a stand-your-ground bill. Basically, the bill said that you have a right to use deadly force to defend yourself any place that you have a right to be. And for those of us who believe in self-defense, it's a it's a good thing. Right, and and also they um, this a lot of people are scared of this particular bill, but it's been in place in Florida for two years now, and it's not like there's a rash of killings going on there. You know, you just, all you have to do is say that you were threatened and you kill somebody. Well, it's not like it's happening that way. I mean, most people don't want to kill people, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is uh, th- this bill is intended so that a good person defending some, you know, defending themselves or others is not thrown in jail. And there was there was actually a situation that was, uh, you know, essentially a guy got in big trouble for was defending his land or something. Uh, I believe he was he was defending his his home. Uh, I know that life, liberty, property is actually said in our. New Hampshire Constitution. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you learn and that I've learned uh, going to the State House in New Hampshire and observing what goes on there, some of the worst bits are when bureaucrats come and testify to the elected representatives. Right. Right. Well, you'll have, uh, you know, for instance, um, the police union shows up to uh, testify on a bill or, um, you know, the, the DOT will come and testify. Well, I, I mean, I want to have these people their opinions or whatever on this, but is it fair that I have to take a day off work? Because that that's how the business works there in, in Concord. I've got to, I mean, if I'm going to go testify, I just wash that day. And there's not a single one of them that's on a Monday or a Friday when I have sort of a half day. It's always got to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which is the money day as far as doing my advertising. So I've got to take off one of the big days of the week, drive an hour and a half or whatever to Concord, you know, test, sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there so I can testify for four minutes in front of these folks when you know they're not listening to me because they've already made up their mind um, on how they're going to testify. And then I drive, you know, the hour back. Don't forget the, the parking ticket I get every single time. And, you know, it's a big pain in the butt. These public officials, they take their, you know, they, they get the free parking. They get paid to do it, probably time and a half. And it's it's really frustrating. You know, you know the, the legislators sit there with bated breath, listening to what the head of the police chief's union's going to say. Well, with respect to that, so this Representative Valancourt, who 
by and large, I'd say it's one of the good guys, despite his having the wrong letter, in my opinion, by his name. He uh, has a little mini newsletter that he sends to a large number of people, including all of the state reps and a lot of the media. And in one of his recent uh, alerts, he says, House overrides governor's gun veto bill. He says, quote, when I saw police advocating, another word for lobbying, against SB 88 relative to physical force in defense of a person with such passion, I wondered whether this was proper. The more I researched the matter, the more I suspected this was either improper in the case of Manchester Police Chief David Mara or perhaps downright criminal. He's written a letter to the uh, mayor of Manchester. The attorney general expressed these concerns. And basically in what he's what he's saying, and I don't need to go in, in, into great detail, um, he's asserting that the chief of police of the largest city in uh, the state who appeared on Channel 9 uh, in the role not of a law enforcement officer, but in the purely legislative role of lobbying against a bill. Which, in uniform? Uh, yes, they all, they always turn out in uniform. The Brotherhood always turns out in uniform. Absolutely. He says, uh, I was under the impression that the department heads in Manchester were not allowed to testify or advocate for any legislation unless the city had taken a position on the bill. Since you say this policy does not exist, perhaps it is time to consider such a policy. Um, the long and short of it is, this state representative is pretty much saying he's had enough. He's had enough of paid bureaucrats on the clock or just showing up in their full regalia and attempting to act as legislators when, in fact, it's the last thing they should be doing. They're supposed to be working for the people. Right. And, you know, the, the, the cops will say, well, I've got to follow the law and, you know, that I'm just here to enforce the law and la, la, la. But somehow or another, they feel that they have an input on putting it together. And I... You know, I I don't I don't know. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't make much sense to me. But you know, I think their opinion is worth something. But they should have to take off work like I do. You know what? Hang up your uniform. You don't see me co- coming into the uh, legislator's office wearing my fireman volunteer fireman's turnout gear. Well, look at me. I'm a fancy fireman. <laughs> what I've got to say is important. Uh, you know, I don't do any of that. It's not, you know, they don't give us uh, some kind of uniforms at, uh, at my fire station. It wouldn't make any sense. Uh, and badges case, for firemen and stuff like that. But it's somewhat of a conflict of interest because basically they're saying, the policeman is saying, the chief of police, yes, we do need those two, those dozen bazookas. Please give them to us. We need the money for yeah, those. Yeah, they're always getting stuff uh, rolled out, military gear from, um, you know, things like that. So, um, the and, and is he going to file a lawsuit or is there anything? Well, in this be- case, he, he has a specific uh, chapter and verse of the state law, which he says Chief Mara is in a parent position of breaking the law. Chapter 15, colon 5, which refers to prohibited activities and in states in part, no recipient of a grant of state funds may use the state funds to lobby or attempt to influence political activity or contribute funds to any entity engaged in these activities. So there's sort of a formal accusation there that's gone off to our um, attorney general and to everyone else that the representative could could contact that basically would, if taken up sufficiently, put an end to this sort of activity. And, you know, the one thing that is really cool about going to the New Hampshire uh, legislature and seeing some of these committees where there are free staters, multiple on some of the committees, in some cases in positions of great power, yes. <laughs> like the uh, chair of the committee, 
they're the ones who, when a paid bureaucrat comes up and speaks, they really are so not impressed. They are so not swayed. <laughs> I, I should mention something that's, uh, I think, new, unique to New Hampshire, but I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Um, lobbyists have to wear like the yellow, the orange badge of shame um, in order to even step into the state house. There is a badge that says lobbyist, and it is in or, emblazoned in orange on their chest. Hunter's Good orange. for them. And um, it, right, Hunter's orange. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really a kind of amusing, and it, it shows to some extent the um, the the. The sort populism, of, yeah, well, the, the 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 nature of the personality of the state house in New Hampshire, much more so. I mean, this is the freest state in the union, as rated by the Mercatus Center twice now. I think it's uh, it, it's almost beyond uh, doubt at this point. Highest quality of life, right? And and as a result, we enjoy all kinds of Best superlatives, economy. right? All kinds of superlatives that you don't have in your state Lowest because unemployment rate. Supposedly, mm-hmm. your legislators are trying to protect you, and as a result, they're flushing your children's uh, you know uh, futures down the toilet. And these, um, you know, so the, it gives it, it just gives an idea of what these folks are thinking about lobbyists and what they think about lobbyists by ha- making them wear a tag. And to me, that just, it's just one more, uh, you know, point in favor of uh, New Hampshire. Didn't, wasn't Steve Valencourt doing something else um, too? Oh, this is going to, you know, uh, Representative Valencourt is really famous in New Hampshire for, Uh, Being a political prognosticator, he can sort of foresee elections and how they're going to turn out. He really follows these things just like a hawk. He predicted that the Republicans would lose their control a year solid before anyone thought that was possible. And, of course, the Democrats then had control for four years. But his prognostication is that if the former candidate for uh, libertarian uh, governor of the state of New Hampshire, John Babiars, if he were to run as a Republican, he says that that person would clean up and become our next governor. Well, that'd be a good thing to see, if he's willing to run as a Republican. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Put a one in front of that. It is a toll free call, and you can uh, interact with the the show in any way you'd like. Also, the website is fully interactive at freetalklive.com. You can go there and check out the Shrine of Female Listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. We've got uh, ladies who have proven that they listen to the show by in all kinds of creative ways. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is the show about your call. So let's go to Conrad in Fargo. Conrad. Hey, Mark. How are you? All's well. I'm very sick, Oops. and uh, I need some pseudoephedrine. Okay. <laughs> oh. I went to CVS, and I didn't have my driver's license on me, but I do have a carry and conceal permit. I showed him that. That wasn't good enough. Not good enough. My wife. It's good enough to carry a gun, but it's not good enough to get a, um, some over-the-counter medicine. 
<laughs> exactly. And my wife, she's Japanese, so she has a green card and a work permit. That wasn't good enough. A green card so isn't good enough? I mean, a green card yeah. is essentially the driver's li- the ID of people who are not from the United States, right? I mean, have they just not seen one of those at the in Fargo? So then we drive all the way back. I get my driver's license. I bring it back. My driver's license is expired. Oh, God. <laughs> and so then we go all the way back. We get my wife's uh, passport because we can't find mine. And that's not good enough either because it's not a U.S. passport. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So then we make a fourth trip back. Finally, we dig through all the boxes. We just moved. I got another story on that, actually, but we can tell that at a different time. And uh, filed my passport. That finally worked. So after five valid forms of of ID, the sixth one was what it took to buy some cold medicine. Did they bother t- uh, showing you any kind of – I mean, because I, I, I feel like – People who enforce these laws don't know the difference between crap and chocolate ice cream, and they um, and, and and they just you know to them an ID a valid form of ID means a U.S. driver's license held by and it has to be in-state U.S. driver's license held by the person who looks like they're on the picture, and they really don't even know what a valid form of identification is. I mean, is there any kind of list on a piece of paper anywhere that shows the oh, types of? The they've got they've got this government issued electronic device that they have to punch things in. Okay. And there's not a way to scan or punch in a green card, so they go, oh, oh and set, set my butt back home. God. It's got to be incredibly frustrating. Well, I hope that uh, your pseudo pseudo ephedra, um, you know, makes you feel better. But I guess that this is this is just the price we pay not to li- to live in a crank free community. Is there nobody? There's no, but there's no meth heads in your in your town though, right? No, actually, there's a couple on my block. I'm sure there are. And because this doesn't work, it just hassles the crap out of the average American citizen who's trying to uh, find some cold medicine. Conrad, I hope you feel better. <laughs> Poor Thank guy. Thank of the government. My heart goes out to Ian. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this a couple of years ago, and this is this is just kind of how the pot gets turned up on the frog. Um, the average person, you know, the government passes some rule, and it takes a long time to get implemented and whatever. And by the time it's in play, what are you as an individual with a cold going to do about it? Well, that guy was really good. He sounded like he really had a cold. I, well, I don't think he was faking it. Hey, how do you know that, Mark? I can't believe that a person can't buy a pseudo-federal with a green card. I mean, that's it's it's the identification you get to come into the country. It's crazy. There wasn't a checkbox for that in their software. That's exactly the the problem. I'm sorry, I don't I don't see that. A couple of years ago, they of course took ephedrine, the the actual ephedra ephedrine, and made that illegal. So again, though, wasn't it? It was legal. It was legal, then illegal, then legal, and then now illegal again. Isn't that right? I, I forget. All okay. I know is I used to go to the like natural food co-op and I would get some ephedra tea, and because I didn't like all the caffeine I was taking in, I, I tried mm-hmm. ephedra for a while, and I liked that. And then they couldn't sell me the ephedra tea anymore, and that that sucked. And if I'd have known, I would have bought a whole bunch. And mm-hmm. well, it, it, for me, it doesn't it doesn't change my life that much. I can't take these kind of medications because they you know they they mess with me. But I understand that if I want to be free in my life and take the the supplements and medications that I want to take for my uh, cold and flu and stuff like that, I have to let other people do it. And now they've got this uh, you know they they passed this law for this to prevent. You know, people from creating crank with uh, pseudoephedrine or whatever it's called. 
And now they have a system for making crank that they can that uh, junkies can do in the back of their car Oof. with um, with a two liter bottle. So <laughs> I mean, the marketplace has booted around this. It it's not doing anything but uh, messing with good hardworking people. It's that just have it's just a modern day moonshine, really. If they if if marijuana were legal. I don't think people would find the need to, to make crank anymore, would they? I do really wonder. Cases? I really wonder about this, and I, I couldn't say, but um, I wonder how many people, because marijuana is, is less harmful than alcohol by most standards. Uh, most people will, you know, most people that are in the know, experts, will say that this is true. And if marijuana was legal and the people who wanted mind altering substances and that kind of thing um, wouldn't, you know, because they call it a gateway drug. If it's a gateway drug, it's a gateway drug because it's illegal, not because marijuana makes you do anything. If that was true, then alcohol would be a gateway drug because most people drink alcohol before they smoke marijuana or cigarettes or cigarettes or whatever. So, I mean, all these things are gateways if that's what you want to call it. But if people could get marijuana legally, would they continue to do things like crack, crank and all that other stuff? Surely some people people would yeah yeah but i think a lot of people who just want to get high would probably stick to marijuana all i know is the price and quality of dope these days it is really such a pain i mean and then it's a hassle you got to go to the high school it's, it's, it's really a hassle. <laughs> right or so the prison they've got the they've made it difficult for high school students to get alcohol it's easier to get pot in your high school than it is to get um you know a bottle of vodka and the number one cash crop in America is marijuana, and they can't the even world. keep it out of the prisons. That's absolutely true. They can't, they can't keep it out of their own prisons, let alone stopping the average individual from smoking it. All it has turned into – it's a cash crop for the government, too. They mm. get a huge amount of money from ticketing people for this stuff and you know sending them to jail, incarcerating them. They get all kinds of ways that they make money, and it's, you know, it's kind of frustrating – it's just simple people trying to make their life in the world, and you know the government wants to throw them in jail for it. And the guys that are at the high end of the pyramid in the drug uh, trafficking um, uh, business never get busted. It's always the guys on the street who get cycled in and out of the prison system. And because it's illegal, the profits are are very high, and those ex- those exorbitant profits end up in the in the coffers of politicians and banks. Etc. So there's definitely an incentive among a certain certain groups to keep it illegal to keep the profits there. Well, some would claim, um, you know, I I don't have any proof for this. I think that the Iran Iran Contra scandal had something to do with uh, the CIA bringing drugs into the into the country, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. But that they'll, they'll say that people are placed in the government are bringing the drugs in, in in a lot of cases. I mean, I, I've heard and, that, and that they're just upset at the competition from the cartels. One thing I can tell you is, you know, when you buy from the cops, it sucks. The quality is low. It's all seeds. <laughs> it's all stems. And you know, what do you do for a return? Nothing. You just take it. Right. <laughs> you know, with a at least with a, your average drug dealer, you can complain about the service when you're dealing with a cop. He's going to say, hey, get out of here. And, you know, just to be clear, guys, I, I, I may have told you this before. I don't smoke pot, but I respect. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I respect your, your right to do it, to put in your body what you choose, because if, if I say to, to you, you can't do that, well, then you can say, well, you can't take echinacea. That's, that's what happens. free as you allow others to be. That's right. You know, and and this is the thing is you're looking at the Codex Alimentarius, which is uh, this this kind of spooky UN code thing where they want to make vitamins uh, something that you you have to get a prescription for. And it's it's frightening. I don't know whether this is ever going to come down here in the United States or and frankly, if it's come down in any any other country. But Europe, it's already come to Europe and they want to harmonize the regulations in Europe with the you know, with the regulations in the U.S. and Canada. And uh, they want to basically gut the potency of vitamins. Now, some vitamins are junk. 
uh, they're bedpan bullets. Mm-hmm. You don't get much out of them. But there's also a lot of very high quality supplements that can benefit people if they're if they're deficient in those nutrients. But it's still it's our body. We own our body. We own our lives, and it's our right to put in our bodies what we feel is best. Yeah, even if it's some kind of mistake. You know, I about the bedpan bullets thing. I took one um, just a, a vitamin I got from Walmart, and I put it in a thing of water. And 15 minutes later, it had pretty much dissolved. So it seems to me that these you know these hard chalky vitamins in some way or another dissolve. I prefer chewable vitamins or liquid vitamins just because it makes me feel better. But I think maybe those other things work. I don't know. I like the ones that taste really good. And they're shaped like little spacemen. <laughs> Free Talk Live. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck. At crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can see all the antics that are going on at cam.freetalklive.com. We offer the the cam to you. It's got an audio feed and a chat room at cam.freetalklive.com. Freetalklive.com is one of the largest websites in talk radio dumb out there or at least in commercial talk radio i i know that uh, npr does a really great job with their websites but um yep check it out cam.freetalklive.com dennis goddard what is the free state project the free state project now if you believe like many people do that there is less freedom over time in america and you think that maybe something should be done about that the idea is to take a radically new approach and one in which we concentrate efforts in one particular place. Once 5,000 people had committed to the idea, there was a vote. New Hampshire won that vote by a landslide. And as such, people started moving to New Hampshire. The commitment is that once 20,000 people have signed up, all 20,000 will move within five years. Of course, over 1,000 have decided to go ahead and move already, even though we're only at about half that 20,000 number. So and about, uh, we're having great success already. The, having the, great the, success. About the 1,000 people have moved. As a matter of fact, about 250 of them were already free state signers when they picked, so they didn't have to move to be movers. So strangely, you're really talking about maybe 750 people who have picked up and moved and had huge effects. So when we do get the 20,000 people that pick up and move, I can't even imagine what else. We don't need like. 20,000 people. You know, I estimate yeah. 2,000 people is really all we need to completely and profoundly change the nature I of agree. New Hampshire. You know, when you consider that more than a dozen of our state representatives are free staters right now at this moment. That more people, than a dozen. More than a, We have at least one senator who is either a free stater or a friend of the Free State Project, depending on how you look at it. We have people all over the state who are on their local budget committees, who are on their local you know, boards of selectmen. Who are, and how these, many? Dozens and dozens. Dozens and dozens. I'm That's one, what I was... You know, and, and I just took a, a board of selectmen chair from another guy who was a free stater in my same town. And, you know, and these things are, are happening. And you People know, are running for different positions. I likely will run for a position uh, next year, uh, too. And, you know, I, I'm just looking for something that I have a very small role in because I've got 
you know, I'm a very busy radio program, but you know, free staters are are involved. That's the they didn't pick up and and move for no reason at all. And they're making a change. You know, they're really getting involved in their communities. And New Hampshire is so completely open by just showing up. And it, it's true anywhere in in a way, but in New Hampshire, the politics are retail. It's person to person. Door to door, door to door. Now, you, you, your elected position um, in your government, and you said some really interesting statement uh, uh, prior to uh, us coming on the air, which was, "Well, now the cops have to come and beg you for jobs." Well, so the board of selectmen <laughs> in my town is five guys, and the board of selectmen hire and fire all city employees. And so, basically, yes, I, I interview, hire, and fire police officers, firefighters, any kind of paid position. From the town, they need to go through the board, and I'm one of those five votes. And you know, when it, imagine if you've got uh, you know a situation of five people, and you know one of them is really committed to to low spending. Plus, you get a chance, you get the ear of these other people, and you get you can earn their respect and uh, work with them. And I think that uh, you know that's the way we're going to see change here in New Hampshire. I've come to realize that New Hampshire is a lot like Afghanistan. We are the graveyard of empires. And if you talk to New Hampshire natives, they even use the term flatlanders. And I think of Afghanistan, I I think of mountainous regions. Um, We are so used to every four years having an invasion of people who want to sell us their political ideas in in the form of the primary. And we're so used to them, you know. The, the old timers here, they see the, the you know they see the slickers roll in, the flatlanders roll in and spew their snake oil. It's like, yep, you can tell that's with some kind of fancy campaign ain't going to do any good in here. And that's exactly how they t- tend to view political campaigns here in New Hampshire. I mean, you know, the expectation of every New Hampshireite is that they should be able to see and talk to the person who's going to be president. And you know, a lot of the native New Hampshire people that have been here a long time view us as in reinforcements they don't view us as invaders they view, they view the flatlanders coming from some of the southern states of here as being the invaders many well, times that's the case tell. you know I, i've had a lot of friendly people just you know thank me for showing up and saying the things that i've always said that got me crazy looks and i live back in california <laughs> let's go to gene the christian anarchist calling in from tennessee hey gene hello guys how are things down there oh fine i thought i would uh call in about the air races. That's right, because uh, last week there was a the terrible um, accident at the air races. You had called in previously to say you were going to be there and that, uh, you know, to in- invite people to the fun and excitement. Little did you know that there was going to be quite so much excitement. And a couple of our listeners had expressed, um, more than one, a few of our listeners had expressed concern that you might have been, uh, nobody had heard from you, maybe an airplane landed right on top of you. <laughs> well, fortunately, no, I'm... Uh... Normally, I'm in the middle of the race course, actually, uh, uh, at one of the pylons, so um, I'm never in the stands or anywhere near that area, but it was a horrific accident, and uh, I had left early that day. I went to visit with Ron Paul, because he was in Reno, and I got my picture taken, the autograph, and so I had a... uh, I was very fortunate that Ron Paul saved me from having to witness that event. The Ron Paul campaign for president saved Gene the Christian anarchist from certain death. That's right. Well, no, I wouldn't have. I I was across. Silence. (laughs) No. Okay. Yeah, he saved me from certain death. All right. But anyway, uh, it looks like this horrific accident turned out because of a mechanical failure Mm. that uh, was on the tail of the aircraft and caused caused the pilot to pull up. And apparently now there was, I was told the next day by the chief pylon judge that he saw a picture of the plane 
and the pilot was not visible in the cockpit. And I said to myself, because I know a little bit about flying, I said, how is that even possible? Because he's in a five-point safety harness. So uh, you can't even slump forward in a five-point safety harness. You are glued to that seat. Right. Mm-hmm. How is it possible a pilot is not visible? And then somebody uh, finally came up with the most likely solution is that when he pulled up, uh, he pulled up with such high Gs, and maybe that was had something to do with the defective tail, that the seat mechanism and the supports probably broke, and he probably fell down into the bottom of the aircraft, which mm. explained explain why the plane was out of control, because he could not control aircraft from that position. So his the Gs made him weigh so much that it just broke whatever was holding the, the seat in place and drove him down into the bottom area of the airplane. Well, we won't know the full story until the investigation is complete, but that's the most likely scenario. Gotcha. And actually, we'll never know the full story because uh, even there isn't enough pieces of that plane to really put anything back together to figure it out. But I think that's going to be the most likely scenario. Would a plane of that sort have a little black box? Is there going to be something to to like a data recorder that they can look at? Most small planes uh, don't have black boxes. Now, this one... Because it was a race plane and it was very technologically advanced, they did have all kinds of uh, electronics in there that was sending data back to the ground crew. So they have that information, and it had a camera on board. And I guess they have the memory card. They're going to try and extract that data. But uh, I think next year, if the races survive the financial disaster, there will be a few changes made, and we'll go on as we always have. Very good. Gene, do you have anything else? Well, no. Okay. Thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. You want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers, too. Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com Talk Live, 855-453. Give us a call, 1-855-450-3733. Talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Completely interactive show. You've been hearing about Bitcoins for a while now, but maybe you don't know how to get them. There's an easy way. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the United States, including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your Bitcoins, You can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved at all. It's completely anonymous, too. It's just like cash on the Internet. It works like a person-to-person cash exchange, but you can do it over the Internet. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. Let's go to Jay in California. Jay. 
yeah, you know, I uh, was listening to the podcast from uh, 918 with Stephanie. Okay. And, yeah, and I, I just, you know, Stephanie was using the uh, the word she, and I was really offended because I think that the word she is, uh, is, is a terrible word that's loaded with this uh, male domination in it. Uh, it's got the word he inside of it, and so... What would you prefer? It. Yeah, it would be a much better word because it's not it, this is not a male-based word where, you know, those men have been uh, just... But- doesn't doesn't it have a dehumanizing factor to it? It's hot. Have you seen the boobs on it? <laughs> Look at it shake that thing. <laughs> I know people that talk like that. Wash it and bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay, you males, you males are just dominating over over us females and have been for millennia and is really not fair for for us. You know, it's really even uh, less fair, Jay. Is in fact, uh, you know, here on the uh, the call screen software, you're listed as male. So apparently, you're you're getting it all at all ends here. Well, that yeah, I know, and it's terrible because uh, the men always try to shake my hand, pat me on the back, and I'm I'm a woman, and I have been for two years. <laughs> so. Um, What's your experience like in the big in the big change there? What, what what's the worst part about say uh, switching bathrooms? Thanks I for the call. What's that? Out. I get kicked out. <laughs> Doing your best, Jay. I appreciate it. You know, um, it's it can be funny, right? Like the gender roles are. It, it's funny because most of us are extraordinarily secure in our gender roles. I never even think about. I go through my day. I don't think about my gender at all. I scratch the places that itch. You know, I stand when I pee, and that's just how life goes. Even at home, your your wife lets you no, stand. No, actually, no. Um, yeah. we, it, it's just messier. Uh, so you know, if 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 for instance you're outside or in a, a public urinal or something like okay. that. That's but um you know as the case may be i never even think about this stuff um however i know that this afflicts some people this is a real issue for them i'm not going to tell them how they have to live their lives but at the same time i sincerely hope they can be gentle and understanding when people have a difficult time say switching the pronouns um, that they're dealing with them um, at i mean this is it's it's tough for people when when i when i learn you as your name as bill and you're a he and then you switch over to um you know lori and now you're a she it's just it's it's a difficult process that's going to take a long time and people are going to have lots of slip-ups. My first job out of college was at Cummins Engine Company down in South Central Indiana, the area that they call Kentuckiana. And a lot of the folks that worked there were uh, members of the Diesel Workers Union. And there was a particular guy. And so, you know, there's a pretty let's call it down-home sensibility yeah, down right. there. Certain they, people are right around the They neck. don't take real kindly to you folks changing your gender around there. Well, there was a guy there named Brad. And I was good friends with Brad. And Brad was Brad was on the way to becoming Bridget, and you know it. It that was an amazing thing, sort of a real Priscilla Queen of the Desert kind of moment when he walked in with the long nails and the long hair, and he was actually pretty attractive. It was a nice dress. And did you take him out? No, out? no. His his girlfriend was actually supportive for mm. a while of of the change. Uh, I guess until he dropped her and and went after this exotic dancer. Uh, there there are certain things though in life that you just wonder wow it, it's that's got to be hard to deal with i'm i'm so glad it's kind of like when you're married and you don't have to worry about like 
dating and looking cool the opposite sex mm-hmm. anymore. Suddenly yeah. you start getting fat and going to seed. Uh, I, I prefer to think of myself as mature and getting gray. <laughs> you know, but if you're still wrestling with a gender identity thing, I think past teenage when everyone has to wrestle with the identity thing, boy, what what a what a load of weight. And you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I just hope uh, folks who are in that situation find some resolution and find it sooner rather than later, and can just move on with the rest of life. My heart goes out to them. And and watching what's going on with with I think is it Dancing with the Stars now with with uh, Chaz Bono. I stopped watching when Kirstie Alley stopped because she's 60 and she's hot. <laughs> she lost a lot of weight dancing all those weeks, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, Sonny and Cher had a, had a creature. They, they replicated, right? There, there's a Chaz? They had a daughter, and originally she was named Chastity. And a few years back, uh, Chastity became Chaz and did what it took to become a male, I guess, hormonally. And, and now he's on, I think it's Dancing with the Stars, I believe, but um, and they were hoping they didn't want to make it into a freak show or anything, so they're real, real we careful. We wouldn't want that. In no, no, but stars. actually, right. It, well, it, I I watched the commercial. Somebody talking about Chaz something or other. I had no idea who the heck they were talking about. So apparently, they failed in their marketing. Well, I, I actually uh, the first show got very good reviews, and, and I hope that he does well and that he uh, he breaks through to the next level of his his transformation by feeling accepted by the public, and I think the public is ready for that now. Well, these are the vanguard of uh, people that are probably dealing with issues like this. I mean, you know, more Americans, uh, more American women have to deal with the problem of coming home and catching their husbands in their underwear than you might imagine. And, the, you know, so, I mean, this is going on for more people than you might realize. I, I you know, I've, like I said, I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to think about it, but uh, you know, some people are dealing with it, you know, when the rubber hits the road. Some of these <laughs> men will t- turn into women and then want to stay in the relationship with their women and um, you know they just want to dress up they want to keep their parts I mean it's all kinds of uh, strange dynamics go on and you can't this isn't just gay guys this is a whole you yeah. know uh, uh, there's a whole prism of different things going on in folks minds mm-hmm. when, one time when I was in Hollywood I, I auditioned this for should be a good story I auditioned for uh, it was a pilot of a show about these lawyers, and I was playing this lawyer who was a closet cross-dresser. So at the second or third audition, they wanted me to dress up as a woman. So luckily I had a girl, I knew a girl who was a makeup artist, and I got these size 13 pumps right, from, I was the, say, from uh, the Salvation a Army. big makeup artist. And shaved my legs. Folks you know. who can't see on the, on the cam, Wayne is not exactly an effete-looking guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I was, I was leaner back then, so I could pass a little better than I can now, but... Um, but it was scary. It was actually scary to wear a dress and, and get in my car and go to and go to Warner Brothers and go to this audition and then and just the adventure of dressing up as a woman for a day or half a day even. It no was, inc- was fooled, Wayne. It was incredible. I mean, there, I was walking down the street in front of Warner Brothers and these guys were going by whistling at me and and then I I, I remember I pulled up at this six foot three. I, <laughs> I'm an Amazon. Yeah, I was like a brunette Daryl Hannah. You know, <laughs> I, I had a wig that was the exact same color as my hair, so I had long hair. And and um, so I was at this red light, and and this guy pulls up, and he was like this older guy with a shaved head. He kind of looked like uh, Mister Clean, you know. And he was trying to get my attention, so I rolled down the window and I said, "Do you have a smoke?" And, and then he realized I was a guy, and he freaked out, and he went right through the red light, and he almost got picked off. He almost got t-boned. Oh God. It was just one adventure after the next. I walked by these teenagers, and they were having something to say, so I turned around and said, "Shut up!" <laughs> and they ran. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it, but it was it was it was fun and scary at the same time. Being a woman for half a day, I just don't know why Peter Scolari didn't come out. The more uh, the more famous of those two, I don't know who that is. 
I think you were in prison at the time. Okay, Peter Scolari. <laughs> oh, I can remember his uh, bosom buddies and uh, how unconvincing those two were as women. <laughs> of course, they were supposed to be unconvincing as women. Just have to let go and just and be one with your female. I find skirts to be really liberating, especially if you go commando. Oh, God. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. I can truthfully say that VerbalSurgery.com, best daggum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. VerbalSurgery.com gets inside of my brain, massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some VerbalSurgery.com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you'd like to, as evidenced by last segment's call. <laughs> a gentleman called in talking about uh, gender issues. Actually mentioned the name of our um, Sunday co-host Stephanie. Wayne, when you pull on that thing, it makes noises. Um, <laughs> our Sunday uh, co-host Stephanie. And she called in. Stephanie? Hey, Mark. How's it going? All is well. Uh, hey, we Stephanie. Do, we do a Sunday edition of Free Talk Live from 7 to 10 on Sundays. So Free Talk Live is available um, in radio format seven days a week. We sure do. And I always enjoy doing the show with you, Mark, because we have such great conversations. And I tonight was kind of a serendipitous moment because... I just happened to say, oh, I wonder what they're talking about on Free Talk Live. So I put on the stream, and lo and behold, the first thing I heard was this guy, Jay, I think his name was, calling in and mentioning my name, and that he disagreed, I guess, with what, something that I said on the podcast. And uh, I guess just to give a quick recap, because he didn't really recap exactly what was discussed. And what he um, disagreed with. And what he disagreed with, yeah. Well, I he mean, disagreed actually- with uh, her using the term she because she has the word he in it, and therefore it's a male-dominated uh, pronoun. I think that was. I think everybody understood that that was facetious and that he was kind of trying to poke <laughs> fun at people who request to be called a certain way or don't like... Oh, I wouldn't know, propose but- to know what entirely he was saying. I mean, I, I think that there's a joke to be had in there um, in the, the she-he terminology, um, sort of creating... Uh, I think that there's problems with creating equality in language. I, I can see that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's kind of the whole point. I mean, like, if, I would like to say, if Jay is still listening... If you would like to call in when I'm on the show and have a conversation with me about this, I'd be more than happy to speak with him. And, uh, you know, it seems like maybe he, I don't know, is feeling a little bit put in a corner by something that I said. But, you know, the point I want to make is it it just takes so little effort to address people how they want to be called. And, you know, I I don't think I came off as uh, demanding or anything like that. I just kind of pointed out some differences and double standards as far as gender goes in our language. 
Well, I think and, that there's a know, fine line well, between um, between you know people you know encouraging people to um, you know to it, it's a very fine line encouraging people to you know have some empathy towards people who have these gender issues and they're bad and wrong if they choose not to or or or, or fail at um, you know. Mark, Mark, being female is not a gender issue. It's just a gender. You know, mm. I mean, for some people, it's a gender <laughs> issue. Well, for if they're transgender, then yes, I guess it would be a little bit different and, than just being born. And as, Jay, as although I don't believe him, was claiming to be uh, transgendered. Oh, I don't believe him at all. <laughs> I think he was making a joke out of it. Indeed. <laughs> and it seemed pretty obvious. But I just, I just want to say something about that call because my first reaction when I heard it was that, you know, it, it takes so little effort, as I mentioned before, to just address people the, the way that they feel most comfortable, especially if they make a request in a in a polite way that doesn't accuse you or anything like that. Your and grace. I kind of wonder if there are so many people like Jay walking around who, who really don't seem to want to respect people's preferences about how they like to be addressed. I kind of wonder if that might have something to do with the reason why there aren't as many women in the liberty movement. And I've been saying this before. Um, I just want to bring up that point. And maybe some so other ladies could draw the parallel for me. I'm, I'm not quite getting it. So um, there are a lot of people out there that, you know, for whatever reason, are offended by people who are, you know, transitioning from one gender to another, wish to cross-dress or whatever it is that they wish to do. A lot of people are offended by that. Um, and I don't – so why would that have anything to do with there being fewer women in the liberty movement? There are fewer women in politics in general. Right. Well, the thing that I said on, this, on the show that he was referring to was actually about, thing, about words like mankind versus saying humans or I something see. like that kind of gender double standards in the language and things like women being const- called chicks and babes and girls when they're not really girls, they're adult women. I think that was probably something that also set him off, you know, because a lot of people have commented about that to me when I've said it publicly. And, you know, people who, as I said, it's, it's such a minimal effort to respect people's preferences and to kind of make them feel welcomed with your, with your language. Mm-hmm. And when people clearly are not interested in that, and in fact, they, they kind of push back against it by just saying, oh, I should be able to say whatever I want, because it doesn't matter if it sounds it's something that somebody, you know, feels uncomfortable with hearing. I should just be able to say whatever the heck I want, and it doesn't matter what the other person's preferences are. I mean, yeah, of course you can say whatever you want, but is it an effective way to communicate with other people, and is it going to make them feel welcomed? No. And so I think that's why it, it has something to do with the lack of women, and, and frankly, I mean, we talk about this a lot on Prometheus Unchained as well, which is an LGBT show. You know, frankly, the, the lack of um, people in the LGBT world that are interested in liberty. I mean, it seemed like it would be a natural fit for them, but they're underrepresented in the liberty movement, as are women. Yeah, well, you know, I... I... I also, um, you know, during this conversation, uh, we discussed the way that one can control another person by demanding that they speak in a certain fas- fashion. I used as a uh, reductum ad absurdum argument that uh, you had therefore needed to call me, uh, w- what was it, uh, Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz. <laughs> right, and from here on out, and if you didn't call me Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz, that everything you would say at that point would be offensive to me, and that I must be addressed in this 
particular fashion. And, you know, I mean, what would happen if people, what if I'd created a third gender and I demanded to be called by that third gender? And, I mean, do you see how it can be kind of controlling people through um, through one's uh, demands or preferences? Like when Prince decided that he was going to be that symbol. Yeah. I mean, that symbol rather than Prince. But what do we call him now? Now, now you have straight. to spend, uh, now you have to spend a half an hour going through his name, the artist formerly known as Prince that now has this funny little symbol as his name, and I'm not sure what it is. It kind of looks like a onk symbol, but there's some stuff drawn in there. I, I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, it's so you've got sexy. this. It's love, but it's sexy. Whatever it is. <laughs> but you know what, Stephanie? I, I must say. Oh, go ahead. If the, point, if the point is to communicate with someone else, it really doesn't take that much effort to phrase what you're saying in a way that makes them feel welcome. I just don't understand what the big deal about that is. And I don't, I don't hear people demanding to be called ridiculous things. I mean, basically all I said on the show was that it's inaccurate to call an adult woman a girl and that I, it bothered me a little bit and I requested that, um, you know, Mark use a different phrasing in the future, and which he pretty much did. And so it, it didn't seem like it was... I recall having a conversation with you um, that off the air, uh, yes, this Sunday, where I mentioned boys, um, referring to adult men, and I, you did not jump down my throat at that point and correct me that uh, uh, that 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 I was using a factually inaccurate statement uh, by calling adult men boys. Mark, do you do you hear what you're saying there? You said that I jumped down your throat. No, no, no. I said you I, did not. Right, but it, it implied that I did jump down your throat about the girl thing, and I don't think I did. I just made a simple request. But do you notice? You know, but like, you see the gender disparity in your request. In one request, you requested that I call adult women women as opposed to girls. But you you let slide my 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 utter disparagement of uh, males, uh, adult males, as in, in calling them boys. Well, you know, you've said girls a number of other times too, and I haven't said anything about it. And so <laughs> oh, I, I see don't... you're letting it slide. <laughs> this chick has a serious girl thing going on. <laughs> But you know what, Stephanie? Uh, what, what, you strike me as somebody who's very, very empathetic, and that's why you're going to be a fabulous doctor and healer. Uh, and, and and I I really th- I really believe that about you. Your, your empathy just oozes when when you speak when you. Uh, and that's a good talk to ladies. Oh, I think her, her point is that's that a good if, you, thing. if you're going to communicate better by calling people the things that they want to be called, it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I feel like there's a certain a level of autonomy in an individual and their, you know, the way that they speak and communicate. Uh, you know, is it is that why there's fewer women in the liberty movement? It's speculation. I don't know. Well, Mark, it, it's, it goes a little bit deeper than this. And I think that it's important to kind of point this out because – some people might not be conscious of this, but it's not just, um, you know, basically what Jay was saying is that his preference to call um, women or whatever, transgender people, whatever, what he wants to call them overrides their preference of what they would like to be called. And that idea that the person's preference, like only the, the man's preference matters, extends to a lot of other circumstances in the liberty movement, like people that kind of try to make... Advances, and I know that this is kind of going to be a touchy subject, but <laughs> it's kind of a pervasive topic. And I think that the reason you guys aren't maybe noticing it or seeing it is because you're men and you haven't experienced some of the things that women might experience. Indeed, I have not experienced the kind of things that uh, some women have um, might have experienced. Stephanie, I really do appreciate the call. Thank you. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. And now. 
it's time for the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute with tips and advice on controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. One of the first things that we need to deal with when uninvited change comes into our life is our thoughts. When circumstances change, our thoughts can go absolutely wild. And our thoughts directly affect our emotion. So it's very important that we deal with our thinking. When circumstances change, if you make the transition mentally, your emotions will be a lot easier to manage. My husband frequently says when we talk about something coming up and I might ask him, well, you know, how's that going to be for you? He'll say very often, well, I've already got my mind set, so it's not going to be a problem at all. The Bible says that we are to set our mind and keep it set and to set it in the right direction. You may not be able to control your circumstances, but you can control your thoughts and your emotions. For the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information to help you control your own emotions so they don't control you, please visit Joyce Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R dot org. The average person has 70,000 thoughts every day, and many of those thoughts trigger a corresponding emotion. In Living Beyond Your Feelings, Joyce Meyer examines the gamut of feelings that human beings experience. She discusses the way that the brain processes and stores memories and thoughts. Then, emotion by emotion, she explains how we can manage our reactions to those emotions. Living Beyond Your Feelings, the newest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about here on Free Talk Live. It's completely interactive that way. The website's the same. You can link to stories that interest you. A lot more people will see them at freetalklive.com than see them on your Facebook feed, I can assure you. Uh, just go there, post them. People vote them up, vote them down. You can do the same also, you can check out the ar- archives. We've got archives for you at archives.freetalklive.com. Five years worth going back, and they're free to you. Wayne, got a story about, what, some more freedom around uh, videotaping? Yes, some, well, some brief uh, good news. Uh, the appeals court okays challenge to warrantless electronic spying. Okay. A legal challenge questioning. Oh, I see. I, yeah, I was I'm confused on this one. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a legal challenge questioning the constitutionality of a federal law authorizing warrantless electronic surveillance of Americans inched a step closer last Wednesday to resolution. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the second time rejected the Obama administration's contention that it should, be, it should toss a lawsuit challenging the 2008 Foreign Intelligence Service Amendments Act. So this Foreign uh, Intelligence uh, Service FISA. Amendments Act, the FISA mm-hmm. Act, um, this is from 2008 and it basically allows the government to eavesdrop on you anytime, anywhere, it feels like. That's right. Because it just has to say, we think he might be about that terrorism stuff. And the courts of appeals so far have been not so friendly towards this, which is a good thing. Among other things, the government uh, said the plaintiffs, Global Fund for Women, Global Rights, Humans right, Human Rights Watch, International Crim- Criminal Defense Attorneys Association, the nation, and others don't have standing to bring a constitutional challenge because they cannot demonstrate that they were subject to any, the eavesdropping or suffered hardships because of it. The lawsuit, backed by the American Civil Liberties Union, was lodged within hours of the FISA Amendments Act being passed. 
So it's hold on. This is it was launched in 2008. And George W. Bush signed it into law, by the way, not not Obama. But, but the, the Obama o- administration is defending it to the death here. That's I mean, right. this guy who ran on uh, transparency and uh, you know doing away with so much of the the Patriot Act stuff. Well, once he gets in office and he tastes that sweet sweet power, mm-hmm. they don't want to get rid of that. They don't care. It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. They can't get rid of the power. Just too dizzying. Is dizzy, and there's also they're beholden to some of the special interests who put them in office. Like those Which, lo- what special interests benefits from this? Well, a lot, a lot of the big corporations that that benefit from contracts to produce technology to spy on Americans. Okay, for example, but this legislation is being challenged because it allows the National Security Agency, who buys a lot of electronic toys from defense contractors, for example, to electronically eavesdrop on Americans without a probable cause warrant. If one of the parties to the communication resides outside the United States and is suspected of a link to terrorism, it is the glory of our system that even our elected leaders must defend the legal legality of their contact when challenged. So, uh, you know, I, judge. I, 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 you know, talk to people outside the United States every single day and all they have to do is say terrorist. And then suddenly they can, you know, eavesdrop on my conversations. And one would assume to some extent they might be able to, uh, you know, find out more about what I'm doing since I'm talking to what they've called a terrorist. Uh, you know, that then I'm a person of, of interest and they can do investigations further, right? Well, th- that's right. And nobody really knows how much spying they're doing on people because they don't tell, they don't tell you. So we don't really know. But I can and tell if you- somebody blows the whistle like Bradley Manning does, they throw them in jail for two years or whatever. And, um, you know, he hasn't even gotten a, a trial yet. And this is what happens when you try to show your fellow Americans what your American government is doing. You know, people will rail against you. My God, national secrets. You're turning them over to Al Qaeda. And um. And Instead of saying, oh, I can't believe what people are doing in my name around the world, you, 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 know, you say, I want it kept sacred. I, and to me, it's stunning, uh, the, the, the depth that Americans want their heads shoved in the sand. Well, 20 years ago, they had to get a warrant to bug your phone. At that time, cell phones weren't as pervasive. So, you know, you'd hear clicking on your phone lines, for example, if they were bugging your phone because it was... Uh, mostly copper technology back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, with, with the Internet, with the way the NSA and some of the agencies have, have sort of taken control of the backbone of the Internet, they're in, intercepting all the traffic pretty much over the Internet, and they run it through their computers, and they're probably suffering from some data overload, but they're spying on everybody, basically. Uh, even, even the phone systems now, there, there's, there's uh, wires, trunks, big, huge wires going into these, these uh, uh, phone stations. And AT&T, uh, I guess, uh, was, was exonerated or there was some kind of uh, retroactive immunity for the, phone, for the telecom companies a few years back, too. The government because, told us to do it. Yeah, they told us to do it. But they basically it can take all that. You know, they've got voice recognition. And, and if you say certain keywords, your conversation is being zoomed in on or however they do it and recorded and, and maybe used against you somewhere along the line. It's not that long ago. That was only crazy libertarians who were talking about this kind of stuff. And then it's now, God, six, seven years ago that... Uh, Carnivore came to light, and then its, uh, its successor, Omnivore. And these are, you know, actual systems that have been put in place whose entire purpose is using all kinds of really fancy technology to eavesdrop on as much communication as possible. But it's always to get the bad guys. I'm sure it's never done with malicious intent. It's always done because we're good. And we have to get the guys who are bad. Well, let's not forget that the people that the FBI, all almost nearly all of the terrorists, the FBI have, quote unquote, terrorists have 
quote unquote gotten since 9-11 have all mostly largely been people that they have been funding, that they have been training, that they have been arming. I mean, this is they'll tell you that Mm -hmm. they'll say, yes, this was somebody we targeted, we trained, we funded. And then when when they finally did pull the trigger, it was with our equipment and we got them just beforehand and we're all saved. I mean, that's pretty scary stuff. Let's go to James in Miami. James? James, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, thank you. Uh, how are you guys doing? Um, the, the thing is, Mark, I just wanted to say real quick about what's going on with um, with Troy Davis right now. I'm watching on CNN. They, um, they had this, like, I don't know, like between 50 to 100 cops. That they, just, they, just, um, they had them just go there right now at the scene. And I think they're doing it on purpose to intimidate the crowd. I don't know if you guys are watching it. No. But I kind of have a feeling that something might happen. I hope not. But I listen to Alex Jones. So he says that usually when they do this, all they have to do is have someone in the crowd throw something. An agent provocateur. Right. Provocateur. So I'm watching right now to see what will happen. But anyway, I wanted to ask a quick question about having to do with the death sentence. I mean, death penalty. Okay. Would you consider the death penalty to be... um, uh, what's the word? Um, it's like, say, like murder. Um, well, you know, when they plan to do a murder, or what do they call it? Premeditated murder? Word. I'm sorry. Premeditated murder? Yeah, would you consider that? Well, um, so murder has sort of two meanings in the world. Uh, one is a legal meaning, and that is an unlawful killing. And it clearly isn't that because the government decides what the laws are and what they aren't. The other is sort of this uh, moral thing, which is uh, an unjust killing. Um, I I think that I, I have a problem with the death penalty on several levels, and I would say that if you're killing somebody who is guilty, and we can never truly know, the Troy Davis case is a really good example why we can't, because this guy was, uh, you know, it was an open and shut case. He was, uh, the book was thrown at him. He was found guilty, and he looked guilty and all that other stuff, but stuff has come out since then where people have retracted their statements and that kind of thing, and it doesn't look like, it doesn't look nearly as open and shut as it did previously, and they're going to kill this guy, and maybe they have tonight, maybe they haven't yet. I don't know what time they're supposed to do it. Yeah, they said it was supposed to be at 7 p.m., you know? Okay. So, and they say that they, they're holding it right now, and I don't know what they're going to do, really, so, you know. You're saying that they're holding the execution right now? They're, they're, they're... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm, when I'm watching on CNN, they're saying that, but I was watching earlier, like an hour ago, they had, like, these police cars that they just came out of nowhere doing circles and making noise. And all of a sudden, the whole the whole side of the where the court, is, um, the jail or wherever it is they're going to execute the man is on that side of the street. It's like between fifty to hundred cops, man, in yeah. riot gear. Well, Troy Davis is uh, is sentenced for killing a cop and uh, police officers. I mean, to them, there is no higher crime than killing one of their own. Even though we, in fact, the American citizens hire them um, for the purpose of taking the bullets and being the, the front-line defense. I mean, so that it's a dangerous job that one should expect, you know, right, some... but you heard about the two guys that were sentenced to... Um, James, uh, you can hold the line here. Free Talk Live. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call, talk, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. We'll get back to James here in just one second, but if are you on any medications? And are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get your meds at discounts as high as 70% off, and they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. You can either call the telephone number there or click become a member on the left-hand side of the page. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step of the way. If you call in an off hour, they'll call you back uh, during the work hours. Uh, they they third-party certify all their uh, drugs just to make sure they're not – and none of them are counterfeit that are coming from overseas – You'll save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. Any medication that you take on a regular basis, they can provide to you significantly more cheaply. Meds.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to James in Miami. James, you were saying something in the, the break hit you. Oh, yes. Thank you, Mark. I just wanted to point out one last thing about the two cops in um, California. The ones that, that killed the homeless guy, you know the, the story, right? Yeah, I yeah. can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but I saw the pictures, and I'm, I've you've never seen such a brutal, you know, I mean, I, I've never seen anybody that was uh, beaten so badly. Yeah, the thing is that, that the DA was saying today that one of the guys is, is facing four years and the other one 15. The cops? Yeah. The one that did the most damage is supposed to get 15 or two life, but I really doubt he's going to get life. And the other one only faces four, four years. Yeah, the one the the police officer that shot the the, the man in the uh, Bart station. Uh, this is the oh no no he was the, the right the homeless I'm, guy that I, was I know. walking without a shirt. And he I know I'm I'm just um, I, I'm aware I know James. One of the guys, the one of the cops was um, Ramos um, something. Hold His on, James. What I'm saying is, is that the guy who did do the shooting did a little over a year for ex- basically what appeared to be on camera pulling out his gun and executing somebody who, um, you know, he had handcuffed. Now, maybe he was tasering him. Maybe he was, you know, just shooting somebody who was recalcitrant. We'll never know. Uh, he was attempting to pay- taser him, I should say. But he killed that person. Well, the, the one that killed the homeless guy, they said that the whole thing was on video. But they caught it on some video yeah, they did. some camera yep. nearby. Yep. And the thing is that... Um, I think those guys, I guess they heard about what happened to the cop in the BART, and maybe that's why they were not afraid to, to do someone like that, you know? That's yep. what I'm thinking. It could be that, you know, I mean, when, when you give light sentences to police officers because, oh, they have dangerous jobs and this kind and they, of thing. And on one hand, they do have dangerous jobs, but you still, uh, they're required to be a cut above to know when to use power and when not to use it. And lately it seems like they're using it a little too much. Well, this kind of thing happens in a place like Nicaragua. We use the term extrajudicial killings or extrajudicial assassinations. Mm -hmm. And here it's, you know, it's in the line of duty and it was a terrible mistake. mistake. James, thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Wayne, let's get back to this this ruling. That's right. Uh, There there was a lawsuit 
obviously trying to challenge the FISA bill that was signed into law by George W. Bush in July of 2008. And a New York court, um, in a 6-6 to vote, uh, it was an appeals court, uh, let it stand his March, last March decision allowing the case to proceed. So they're letting the lawsuit against this there law six, proceed to a higher court. There were six judges that said that this lawsuit shouldn't proceed? Evidently, yes. Crazy. Evidently. But, but, but the dissenting uh, judge, one of the dissenting ones who voted uh, in favor of letting it proceed, uh, was quoted as saying, it's the glory of our system that even our elect- elected leaders must defend the legality of their contact when, or conduct when challenged. So, after three years of litigation over whether the plaintiffs had standing, the, the merits of this case could soon be litigated in a New York federal court. That is, if the Supreme Court does not intervene or the administration does not play its trump card, an assertion of the powerful state secrets privilege uh, that lets executive, the executive branches effectively kill lawsuits by claiming they threaten to expose national security secrets. The courts tend to defer to such claims. Yeah. But in a rare exception, in 2008, a San Francisco federal judge refused to throw out a wiretapping lawsuit against AT&T under the state secrets privilege. The AT&T lawsuit was later killed anyway. I think a lot of people are beginning to see that the state uses state secrets just far too much. Uh, many, much of the stuff that uh, the Bradley Manning is accused of having released, this wasn't the kind of information that needed to be kept secret. I mean, there are 200, oh, excuse me, 250,000 documents, I think was the number, some incredible amount of, uh, of incredibly large number. And these things didn't need to be kept secret for any real intelligence reason. It's just that we don't want the media to get a hold of this stuff. Didn't and- they classify them after to as a CYA, I don't thing? think that I don't think that's the case. I think that uh, in some cases they may have been upgraded, but it, you know, I mean, some of these were things were just called uh, secret or classified. But like we were saying earlier, there's there's so much technology now to to basically eavesdrop on people without their knowledge. Even cell phones, the smartphones are wonderful; they're convenient, but they're also a tool to basically eavesdrop on you at any time. And have you ever had those days, Dennis, when your smartphone the battery just goes down really fast for no apparent reason? I don't have a smartphone. Well. I do. I have a dumb phone. And every once in a while, you know, I'll do that. So I'll just whisper sweet nothings to the feds uh, just in case they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, you don't seem crazy. The, uh, uh, no, I sing. I sing like a crazy person into it. You know, I'll do things to really, if they're listening, I'm going to drive them nuts. But it does happen to me the same thing. It's like, why is my cell phone dead? I've, I've absolutely had that since so, I've got yeah, my smartphone. I remember a few years back doing a story with you here, guys, about uh, you and Ian, about how they can actually turn your cell phone on remotely at any time and, and record you. And, and you have to literally take your battery out of your phone uh, because even if the phone is off, they can still enable it from uh, uh, remotely. I have heard these allegations, and I am not willing to uh, completely discount them. I don't know why, why the government would want to listen in on my conversations. And if they do, they probably hear me yelling at the radio in the car or whatever. <laughs> That's true. Point, they I have, think it could be really interesting if you're on the other side. You know, just think about being able to listen in on anybody in, in the country who has a smartphone or at least a phone with that technology. I, you know, I, I would want to listen to what the president has to, stay, to say and, uh, <laughs> you know, the Congress critters. So well, he gave up his them. BlackBerry, Mark. Yeah, I bet there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to the government and government people keeping secrets, I always think of a really one of the many awesome things in New Hampshire Constitution, Part 1st, Article 8, which says, quote, all power residing originally in and being derived from the people. All magistrates and officers of government are their substitutes and agents and at all times accountable to them. 
Well, um, it, it has worked better for New Hampshire than it has worked for many states, uh, mm-hmm. the Constitution. However, um, and, and, man, and New Hampshire has a really great state constitution, but I think a lot of the reps out there, especially um, you know the, the big government reps, really don't care about their constitution. They couldn't quote it. They don't know anything about it. and They just want power. They'll, 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 they're happy to swear to it. Yeah, whatever. Let me get in there and vote. And they just don't care. Well, it's a pity that in their, in their government-run education, they haven't really learned some of the principles upon which the Constitution is founded. It takes some reading and some thinking to kind of get the whole zeitgeist of what it's talking about. And the whole freedom and liberty thing is so far removed from your experience growing up that it, 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 takes, some, it takes some thinking and learning. Yeah, there certainly is nothing uh, in childhood in America that <laughs> really teaches one about freedom and liberty unless one has a parent that uh, understands these ideas. But there's a lot of people that are statists, and you find out if you really talk with them that there's something they want out of having power. And, and libertarians tend to be people who, what they want for themselves, they want for everybody else, too. Like they drugs. Want freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Does freedom scare you in some way? Tell me how. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's a SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Wednesday edition with Mark, Dennis, and Wayne. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom dot com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust, even register a trademark. They do patents, all kinds of uh, common legal documents. There, they're empowering you. And protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. It's LegalZoom.com. Use coupon code FTL to save $10 on your order. LegalZoom.com. Let's go to Nimi, calling from Keene. Nimi? Good evening, gentlemen. What's going on? I am uh, I'm calling in to say I love hearing Dennis quote the New Hampshire Constitution. It just makes <laughs> my heart swallow pride. <laughs> I, I am a New Hampshire native. Women. I, I, it does. It does. It really does. I'm, I'm a native. I've lived here all my life. Um, I do live in Keene, and I'll, I'll tell you, this has really been a fantastic year to hear hear Dennis talk earlier about um, Steve Valancourt's action against Chief Mara of the Manchester Police Department. I, I'm no fan of Steve Valancourt, but I am thrilled that he is he's going up against this because they made the tour. Those guys. The governor, the police chiefs, they went out, they tried to sway the people, and you know what? We have stand your ground in another, what, 50-something days? That's right. Stay I your am own. so happy. Did pass. This is the SB 88 uh, that allows people to protect themselves in, uh, I, I guess, in public or places besides their home, rather than having to retreat from a situation and not be able to help uh, you know, yourself or somebody else. Now, being in Keene... And, and not... 
and not rely. I, it's it's really the way the law is worded. It, it's been until now for all of my my life. It's it's been that you needed to be able to retreat with complete safety, and it's those two words that that everyone, the politicians, have said. You know, you really that's where everything hangs. If you use lethal force in defense of yourself or another person, and you're not in your home, you you need to have be able to com- retreat in complete safety. Or, or prove complete safety in a court of law. And, and personally, you know, I'm a female. I would like to be able to stand my ground anywhere I have a legal right to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wonder here, Nimi, um, you know, people oftentimes, uh, free staters, people that uh, advertise themselves as free staters will uh, get a bad rap here, especially in Keene, where, um, you know, some people have, uh, you know, participated in civil disobedience and uh, some members of the public don't like that. What do you think about free staters? Are, do you welcome them or what, what's your what are your thoughts? In my experience, there's, there's a, a very firm line between free staters and free Keene activists. Okay. So I, I am I'm friendly with and know uh, several free staters who are not necessarily in Keene, who are very active in government, and um, I identify as a libertarian myself, um, and I think they do great work. Are you a party um, as, member or as, libertarian party member, or just a person who believes that uh, you know personal in personal freedom, uh, you know, fiscally conservative and socially liberal, that kind of thing? Personally, I would be the latter. I do not belong to a particular party. Okay. I'm unregistered. I, I, we don't have an independent technically here in the state, but I am, I'm, you know, I, I, I vote my conscience. And, and unfortunately, I, I can't really ascribe to a party because I, I don't have one to pick from. Do you feel you like know? um you can vote your conscience in Keene, New Hampshire? Oh, no. I mean, you Absolutely can not. You can vote. I mean, but does your is your conscience ever, <laughs> ever on the side is of my, the popular it, vote? It, it, is my conscience ever represented? No, right. not really. <laughs> no. Yeah. And this is one of no, the things no, that really. has always amazed me is uh, people will say things like, well, you know, you, you get to vote. Well, so what? Nobody I've ever voted right. for has ever been elected. What difference does that make? I live in the wrong part of the state, apparently. I don't, I don't know. Um, as far as the free keen folks go, I, I appreciate their point. I really do. Um, but as someone who's lived here for a very long time, almost 20 years now, I think that um, they're not – um, their PR is, is not um, the best. I think that uh, they have a lot of people here in town, like myself, that uh, the, the way they're going about things is really alienating them from a lot of people here in town who, who, could, who would be willing to come out and help them um, and, and do agree with their points, but how they're executing them is not necessarily the best way. Yeah, I think there's a, I, been a certain level of uh, pu- pu- public relations problems all along with the uh, the, the the you know the, the civil disobedience activism that's going on in Keene. And one thing I had hoped um, is that it would mature over time, but apparently, I mean, we seem to be cycling through activists, and you know, nobody who's been doing it for very long has been sticking around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I shouldn't say nobody; few people who have been doing it for a very long time have uh, stuck around. Uh, I remember the the folks that were here when I moved into town are largely gone. Um, except for one couple. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the- it, it, it's difficult because, I, as I said, I've lived here for a long time, and, and it's really difficult to say, I, like, the best example I can give you is I was walking downtown one day with an elderly grand, great-grandmother that I know who is, who is very religious, and, and it's very hard to understand and relate to and empathize with the point that the, the free keen folks are, are trying to make. I, I really do. But to try to negotiate that with the folks who 
I, I interact with in my life and try to explain it or defend it or try, try to um, convince to try, to try to sell it. it, it I can't. And it's really, it's really, really difficult. And especially, I know there was some mention made earlier. I think it was a a Dave Ridley bit, where where he was talking about what was going on in the square. And I, you know, it's it's really tough. And I think, as I said, now this this current um, situation is is not simply free keeners, um, and it's. But the unfortunate part of it is, and even if the people who are "Quote unquote," behaving badly are not members of the freaking contingent. Um, it's all being painted by with a broad brush. It certainly you know? is. Yeah, the, the, unfortunately, in the media, that's how it's uh, being portrayed. You know, I, I also um, I wonder to myself. You're, uh, I, you know, you sound somewhat knowledgeable. Do you predict a backlash against the um, the the Free Staters and the, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance in the twenty twelve election? Do you think that um, you know that everybody getting in and all the Republicans getting in there? Do you think there's going to be some kind of backlash against that in the in New Hampshire, or do you think that the I, Liberty I Movement's firmly ensconced? I, I think. Uh, it's it's interesting to hear you hear you kind of lump them all together. I I don't think the free staters because I, if I understand correctly, Dennis is a Democrat, aren't you, Dennis? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't think the backlash is going to be aimed at free staters. Well, um, necessarily, most I, I of the free staters the Republican are Party. in the House are Republicans, and I would guess that the average voter doesn't know much about beyond R's and D's. is It's just a thought of mine. I don't know how how it's going to play out. I've seen lots of uh, good liberty oriented reps get kicked out on their butts when they shouldn't have been, um, just because they happen to have the wrong letter behind their name. And and I, I've seen that myself, and, and it was it was very difficult for for me to decide not to run for a state rep because I couldn't pick a letter to go to go with my name, even though I, I you know. Um, How about an I? I, I you... think really the I think really the backlash is probably going to be aimed at the Republican Party, not Free Staters or or Liberty Activists or the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance per se. I think Bill O'Brien. His, his and um, DJ Betancourt, I think those two have not done a service to the Republican Party. I think the um, the recent legislation to come out of committee regarding gay marriage is going to do a disservice to the Republican Party. Um, that's my call on on New Hampshire politics in the coming session. Whether or not the Republicans hold, we've been a pretty staunchly Republican state for a long, long, long time. That's but, in recent years. But the Republicans we'll in New Hampshire have traditionally been more libertarian in nature. A, a, Much you know, a New so, England yeah. conservative is not like a Florida conservative, for example. <laughs> this is true. This is very true, yes. As yeah, far I, as the civil disobedience thing goes, do you, do you get the impression that for folks who've lived here a long time or who were born here, it's like these are the sort of, of actions that come out of desperation that in a horribly – you know, completely state state like Massachusetts or California, this would be the only way you have to go. But in a state like New Hampshire, where you really can just show up and just have the conversation in the civic forum, it seems so crazy to want to start screaming from a bullhorn in the central square. Uh, that's uh, I, uh, I can only speak for myself and, and from my experience. And I think, Dennis, I think you you've pretty much nailed it. It's really difficult to show up. And want to have a civil discussion with someone who just Nimi, wants thank, to call you. A thank statist. you for the call. 855 450 free.
Talk Live. And give us a call. Well, actually, don't give us a call. We've got the, the things lined up. It's the last segment. But it is, however, day 43 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up for those who are checking off the days in their calendar. Ian could get out as uh, as soon as 60 days on his 90-day sentence for standing in front of a police car for taking a woman to jail that he felt was... Uh, um, Taking he was taking her away unjustly, and he slowed that guy down maybe at least forty five seconds. I sent him a book today. What was I hope that? He gets it. What was the book? Yeah, well, one of my favorite sci fi novels of all time, The Dosidai Experiment by Frank Herbert. Fantastic novel about a sort of radically uh, anarchic sort of world and how bad governments can be, and it's pretty awesome. Let's go to David and Keen. David, greetings, gentlemen. What's going on? Hi, David. I think the free staters that are in the closet should come out of the closet. Why is that? Because why not be unified? Why hide? What do you think, and Mark? Why, and plus, plus, plus the the free staters that are supposedly giving it a bad rap that are out of the closet. Uh, it would be um, they. It wouldn't be all on them, and it would be more. It would be a. Um, I don't know. It would water down the. You know what I mean? It'd be more. You know, it'd be more varied. It wouldn't be just one one person. What do you mean by come out of the closet? Uh, come out of the closet as being gay, or come out of the closet no, as I being mean, a free stater? Come out of the closet as being free staters, like up there in in uh, Concord and stuff like that. Well, I, uh, you know, uh, quite a few of them are, you know, avowed free staters, and and there's to some for some folks, it's impossible to hide it. It's worse to hide it than it is to uh, to to let people know um, what's going on. But frankly, if I moved into the state, David, at this point, and I didn't have a nationally syndicated radio program that is sponsored uh, by the Free State Project. I would not tell anybody that I was a free stater. I just, you know, I see no reason to, uh, you know, to do that because every free stater, they, they all believe different things. So, uh, many, many of them believe different things. It's a pretty so diverse group. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be painted with a brush as, um, you know, say be- that I believe everything that's going on, you know, in Grafton or Keene is exactly what I think. And that's what people tend to do is they tend to, to group people um, up in their minds. I will say the nice ladies on the recycling committee who greeted me to the recycling committee were welcoming me with open arms. Literally, the words out of their mouth were, we love free staters because they'd met a free stater before who they really liked and who was really a positive contribution to the community. Yeah, and if, that's good. And if people who, who aren't, aren't hiding it come out and show that they're um, – uh, what they are, and that would be good, smart, intelligent people that care about the community, then that would um, change, maybe change some hearts and minds. Yeah, uh, it could very well. David? And, uh, if you want to hear anything about Ian. Oh, yeah. Tell me what's going on with Ian. You got to, you know something? Sure. Well, there's a court date on Friday. Okay. for the, This is for his habeas corpus hearing? Yep. And he's going to be there um, in court at 1.30 at the Superior Court in Keene. Okay. And uh, any expectations as to how this is going to go? Uh, well, I I don't have. I'm just hopeful that things will go well. That's hopeful. All you can do, okay. I guess. I guess that's all we can do. Will, will they bring him in, in in chains and shackles into the courtroom? They are delivering the body. Yeah, uh, that's what habeas corpus the means. Bringing him there. Body of evidence, Mark. <laughs> David, thank you for the call. I appreciate okay. it. Well, Mark, you're doing a fine job in his absence. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm answering phones. <laughs> you sure are. And you love to talk. Let's go to James in Kentucky. James. Hi there. What's going on? Uh, what's on your mind? 
well, let me first say, Mark, I actually, I'm not going to say that I, I prefer you in the first chair to Ian, but you come off as having a more balanced kind of approach to things. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to my wife that I am the considered the voice of reason on Free Talk Live. <laughs> I mean, you know, anybody who talks to me uh, outside of, you know, if, if Ian never existed, Free Talk Live would just me in the first chair believing what I believe right now would be an incredibly radical program, a radical departure from um, what we have going on in the United States. But sitting next to Ian, I seem sane. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I like Ian, and I, I like the the kind of forceful rhetoric that, that he puts out, but I, I kind of like your style more, and I don't think a lot of people would would say that to you or maybe they do i don't you know i i right now um frankly james i don't know who to believe because the right thing to do for a listener who likes free talk live is to uh to butter me up and make me feel comfortable about what's going on so that i will you know i'll I'll soldier on and do the best i can and you know in these tough times i don't know what people really think also i don't know what um i don't think that people really even know what they like about their favorite radio program so I don't know that um, the advice can be great. What I tend to think is that um, is that there's some kind of chemistry between Ian and I that people like the um, the level of frustration that we have with each other and our <laughs> ideas. It's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, they um, they want to listen to those things, and that the show with uh, just me or just Ian is probably not as good as the show with the two of us. That's what I think. I don't know that it's true. It's just what I've come up with in my mind. Which one's George and which Why one's Gracie? I have such a short attention span that he's been in jail so long that I've I've forgotten what it what, what it was like before. <laughs> well, I would I've suspect in about twenty years. days you'll figure it out again. <laughs> yeah. And he'll be back fresh yeah. as ever, and and uh, I'm sure that he'll have hopefully he'll come back with a new sense of inspiration for the show. I would think so. I would think that um you know he's probably used this sixty to ninety days that he's got to come up with you know how am I going to be a better talk show host? What am I going to provide to the listener? I mean, I would hope that he's doing something like and that. And you'll have a nice vacation in Hawaii by then. I yeah, hopefully I'm not taken to pr- prison for strangling him to death when he gets out. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, what I, what I was calling about is, you know, I, I'm a photographer and I, I, I do a lot of night photography. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've been detained upwards of an hour, sometimes as few as, you know, 10, 15 minutes in a stretch. Uh, just just because it's considered suspicious activity by the local taking pictures at night, department. I can s- almost see why they would say that. I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't condone it, but I can see why they would say, "What's that boy taking pictures for at night?" That that is true. Uh, if I, I would consider it suspicious under certain parameters, for example, if the person wasn't standing in the middle of the public uh, with you know, a professional camera on a professional tripod. Yeah. With a, a, what, do you, what do you call them? The the reflective strips around them, you know. Sure. Uh, if, if that weren't the case, I, I would consider it suspicious. If somebody was, you know, hiding behind a bush with a camera, you know, that 
Or they'd have, I mean, frankly, there's so many secret little cameras out there, um, you know, ways that cameras can be hidden and things. If a tourist wants to take a picture of something, they can do it from a pen or a key fob or their belt buckle or anything that they, you know, their hat, a little flower on their lapel or whatever. The quality is good. Right, right. But, you know, the terrorists aren't going to set up a tripod, I think, is, uh, and it's a, it's a fair assertion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and there's, there's the other end of it where, I, I don't think that it has ever been shown, much less proven, that any terrorist has ever done photo reconnaissance in the United States for any of the attacks that have happened or uh, even uh, that has at least come out for you know any planned attacks that were thwarted. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't buy it either way, but. I, I would agree with you that um, that it, the cops that come and hassle folks over this is uh, um, you know aren't really doing that much uh, to keep the the nation safe. But I almost feel like you know um, rather than because a lot of people explain things and then um, to the cop and that gives them this sort of feeling of power uh, in themselves. So I'm important. They're explaining this to me. I mean, if the if the first thing you said to the police officer when they came up and asked you any questions about what you're doing, I, I would wonder is. If you've got a problem with what I'm doing, please arrest me now because I don't want to have a conversation with you about it. That, you know, that this might befuddle them to the point that they wander off and don't know what to do. What do you say to them to I, get to get them to release you after that 15 minutes or a half hour? Well, in the 15 minute case, it's generally speaking, uh, I just kind of complacently do whatever they want. Essentially, I, I, if I want to be let go in ten minutes, it's yeah. I'm I'm I, I have to completely explain what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to give them you know government ID. I have to I have to go through their process, and I have to jump through whatever hoops you know they ask. Um, at, at this point, it's it's been so many times though that they know me by first name basis. Mm-hmm. They're still hassling you? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. They just don't like... They don't like them picture-taking devices. James, I do appreciate oh, the no. call. <laughs> uh, Free Talk Live, where, you know, you can... In the meantime, you can check us out at freetalklive.com. It's been Mark. Dennis. And Wayne. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 